Hey guys, it's your girl Jodi Ann, also known as I Go By Joe, and this is The E-Project. Let's start the show. Hey guys, so welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm here with another amazing entrepreneur, and her name is... Nikki O'Neill. Nikki O'Neill. Hey welcome. <laughs> so this is a little bit different, guys. Um, we're recording video. So those of you that can see, uh, that are watching the video, hello, welcome. So you are breaking my virginity right now. Yes, I'm popping her cherry. She's popping my video <laughs> cherry. <laughs> so it feels weird, but I'm excited to see how this turns out. Me too. So welcome. Thank you for letting me be your first. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Nikki. I'm an interior designer. I actually didn't go to school for interior design. I went to school for biotechnology. So I'm actually a scientist and I turned a designer. I guess I'm, I'm an artist. So I've, um, I kind of see interior design as my canvas and, you know, furniture and fabric as my, you know, medium. So my company's called 800 square feet. I do design for small spaces. And I also have a shop called the apartment that is a shoppable apartment. It's a really cool concept that um, where I kind of set up the, the space and anything from the furniture to the art to the food in the fridge to the uh, clothes in the closet is it, are shoppable. And we switch the space four times a year. Right now we're closed because we're doing some rebranding, but we'll be opening soon and we'll be able to kind of, you'll be able to shop the space. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Thank so you. did you always know you wanted to be in design? No, I wanted to be a plastic surgeon, actually. You know what? I grew up in in a traditional African family, so there's really only a few things that you can be, according to your parents. You can be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. So I picked to be a doctor, and then I worked in the pharmaceutical industry for a while and realized that I didn't, um, it wasn't for me. I Mm. I wasn't happy, and I bought my first place and it happened to be 800 square feet and in decorating before that um growing up I would paint I sculpted even when I was taking these science courses um in school I would always take an elective and it'd always be art so I was always artistic growing up but you know as a career you know my mom was like you know that's a hobby you know doing art so I still painted, I still drew or whatever. It was kind of like my way to escape. You know, whenever I was going through something really rough, I would like get a big canvas and paint it and then I would hide it under my bed or whatever so no Mm. one would see because it seemed so personal, you know? And then not being uh, happy in that industry, in pharmaceutical industry, I started... Uh, designing and decorating my own space and realized how much I loved and how much of how much I was able to express myself through my space. And I started a blog and that blog led to, it was called 800 square feet, the blog, because <laughs> it was, you know, this journey of my space and people noticed it. And, you know, one person asked me to do their space and then another person asked me to do my space and do their space. And then, you know, nine years or eight years later, I'm doing this. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That is a really interesting interesting transition. Yeah, it was it, it was pretty organic. You know, it was organic, not that it was easy, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like I it's not like I said, you know, I want to be an interior designer and then went after it. I kind of just let things evolve uh for me as they they did. I mean, it's a slower process, but for me it was one that made me happy. Mm, yeah, that's really good. Happy. Yeah, I'm still figuring that happy part out. <laughs> we all are. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like as creatives, we're always yeah. we're always getting to that. We're still yeah. searching for that, but absolutely. 
And you know, the tough thing is too, is when you get to, you know, I, I set goals for myself. So once I've reached that goal, you always expect that reaching that goal is going to feel a certain way. And then it doesn't necessarily feel that way. And then once you've reached it, you have to make that decision. Like, am I happy with this decision or, mm-hmm. or this accomplishment? Or do I strive for something else? And you don't want to always be chasing after something. You also want to have a sense of contentment or, you know, feeling of satisfaction in life in general. Right. So. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Man, she's good. She's really good, guys. <laughs> so what resources have you found have helped you the most to keeping up with, you know, the like style and design? I don't know. Style and design, that's a tough one because I don't really decorate based on trend. Mm-hmm. Um, I There's a few ways that I, there's a few ways that I design. Actually, probably one. And it depends who I'm designing for. If I'm designing for, if I'm designing for a client, then they are my inspiration. I design the space because I do small spaces. There's no room for you to fill it with just pretty things. Mm. Yeah, sure, of course I fill it with pretty things, but they also have to be things that are personal and speak to the person that I'm designing for, the homeowner or mm-hmm. the person living in the space. So I rarely design by trend. I the first meeting that I have with the person, I usually spend very little time talking about design. I actually have them walk through the space and I learn about them, how they use their space, who they are. And through that and them walking through their space and telling me, you know, I like this and them sticking on certain things. Like when you like something, you spend a lot of time talking about it or expressing it. When you don't like something, you kind of either you turn away from it or you discard it or you talk about it very quickly or you say flat out, you don't like it, you know? So by the end of that interaction, I kind of have an idea of what things are leaving and how the space is going to feel um, based on the person that I'm that I'm with, you know. Mm. So I usually design based on the person and I draw my inspiration from them rather than trends or anything like that. I mean, I do like um, watching things like, you know. Uh, sorry, looking at things like Architectural Digest, like mm-hmm. the things in in, the, in that magazine are just beautiful. And also I love, for some reason, and I don't know why, I love retail. Like I'll go, if, sometimes if I just need inspiration or jumping off point, I'll go to like the mall and I'll just walk the mall and I'll look at the displays because when it's a small space, I like creating impact right away. You know what I mean? You walk mm-hmm. in, you don't want, uh, you want to be able to t- see the story right away and and window displays tell this amazing story. You just like they can only, they only capture one second of your time because you're walking by exactly. and they're able to tell the story in one second. So I really like going there and looking at the window displays and saying, OK, now I can see, you know what I mean? I kind of mm-hmm. draw inspiration from there. Plus, they always do things really big. And I love mixing that small, close space with something that is wow. And it kind of draws you in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess those are the few things that I do to kind of draw inspiration. If I'm designing for myself, it's a lot more difficult because as an artist, it really depends on how I feel at that particular time. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So sometimes if I'm feeling a little bit moody, my space might feel a little bit darker. I might change the art. And in my space, I think you were taking some pictures or whatever. A lot of my pictures and my frames are empty. And you're and you're asking, is it okay that these are empty? (laughs) I keep them empty purposely because for me, it's my space. When I stick and I put um, something there and I put an image or something in the space, it says something and it affects my mood. So when I leave frames empty, it allows me to always stay in the mind of creativity. So when I look at the frame, to me, it's not empty. I can, I can pull from it and I can put something in that in my mind. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So it allows me to continuously be, em- uh, continuously be inspired and drawing from a certain place in my mind as opposed to having something fixed. Like if mm. something is fixed, then it makes a statement. 
And for me in my space, I, I want the statement to be something that I see in my mind. And I know it's kind of weird. But no, yeah. that I, that's <laughs> so interesting. Honestly, I totally relate to that because... I it's reminds me of an editorial I did a couple years a couple summers mm-hmm. ago and I did I chose I did it on a beach with mm-hmm. an artist and I did the, I wanted the frames to be completely empty mm-hmm. and I wanted nature to be the backdrop right. so the water like the ocean and like the sand that right. was the backdrop for the frame because right. it just allowed it to be more in a sense for me like, I was like oh that's different more creative so right. I totally get what you're saying that's yeah. really interesting it's like that's just really it's cool. the same concept as you know when you're when you're trying to be creative you people need a blank canvas once mm-hmm. you put something on that page that's a starting point you know what i mean so mm-hmm. I, that's why i keep a lot of my frames empty because i'm able to have i'm able to there's no starting points mm-hmm. and when there's no starting point then there's always possibilities like there's endless possibilities and that's why i i don't know i'm a little weird but no i love that you said <laughs> the endless possibilities that's your quote <laughs> everyone has like a title i usually pull from what they say so mm-hmm. i really like that endless Thank possibilities. You. <laughs> so what have you found has been your most child like your biggest challenge um in design with like, throughout uh, your career there's tons of challenges i mean my most uh, that's that's a tough question because there's no most challenging i think with periods in your life the challenge that you're going through always feels like the most important mm. one you know because it's the current one so it's tough i don't know there's Maybe in my earlier years, it was it was tough because I didn't go to school for design. So getting that credibility and being able mm-hmm. to feel like a designer is mm. o- was always a tough thing. Okay. Um, you know, you know, you step into a room and you have these designers that you admire or you love their work and you kind of stand there and like, oh, man, like you, and because also because for me, maybe more recently, the, the thing that's been tough for me is because I design for me is a passion. You know, I, I, it comes from a different place. It's not like, uh, it's not systematic. It's not learned. So mm-hmm. when I'm doing certain things or I'm working on a space, people walk in and they see the space and just, they're like, wow, this is awesome. But for me, it's a little bit different because I didn't, I didn't have to work for it in the sense that it just came, it just came to me, you mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like, um, burping and then somebody going, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. You just burped. <laughs> it just came out. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's tough for me sometimes to really see my work as art because of the fact that it's just inspired. It's just something that comes for me and then I just have to do it. it if I don't, then it's almost like it's there, you know, like you feel, mm-hmm. you feel amped or agitated because like you have pressure. something. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you need to get out and mm-hmm. You know, it's just like when you want to sing or when you want to dance and you can't. And someone's mm. like, so being able to express myself through um, design is like that for me. I, I it, it comes from within and then I have to do it. And then if people appreciate it, then it's, it's almost weird to call it art because it was just something that I had to do, you know. Mm. So that accepting my work as art is, has been a challenging more recently, I guess, because of more of the recognition and things that I've been getting. And then also the another difficult thing, and I, and I guess I'll go there. I, I wasn't planning to, but okay. <laughs> is the fact that most people in my industry don't look like me. Mm. So that's been a little bit difficult to feel like you belong in an industry where nobody looks like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that probably, so there's, there's different, there's different things. I, these, those examples are all more personal things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could always say like the business aspect and those sort of things, but I think those are the, probably the more challenging or the ones that stick out to me at least. Yeah. Has that pushed you to just work harder and like, just prove to yourself that, you know, like I'm meant to be here and no, this is- not really, because the thing is, like I was explaining the, when you're creative, you can't put that sort of pressure on yourself. Mm. 
because it, it, it messes with your creativity. Mm-hmm. For me, the main thing, if I ever feel that way, the most important thing for me is to actually remove those feelings so that I can access my creative mind. You know, mm-hmm. like if I'm thinking about, oh, having to prove something, then it's the, the work is not from here. It's for show. And I okay. just don't I don't think that people relate to things that are just for show. Mm-hmm. You know? No, that makes sense. Yeah. No, I yeah, so I don't yeah. really like to I don't really like to prove things to people. I generally like to quiet my mind and let the work speak for itself. It's more genuine that yeah. way too. <laughs> I like that. Good. So you do work for City Line mm-hmm. as well. So have you found work doing things for them? Has that kind of like upped your like your personal brand mm-hmm. a little bit in terms of your clientele and like who reaches um, out to you? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I guess the easy answer is is yes. I think with that, I think with that, it's a little bit more difficult to answer the question because it's still very new to me. I mean, although I've been with them for three years, I'm I'm I've been working with them a lot more frequently. So I think I'm still learning, and I'm still so I don't feel like an expert yet. Although okay. that's weird. Although I'm called a design, design expert, expert. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Not it's not that I don't feel like an expert in design. It's more that. I don't feel it's a new, it's a completely new industry. It's television and it's something that is very different for me. And then you're, you're learning and growing in a public space and people are recording it. Like, hello, (laughs) like that's not the easiest environment for someone to learn in. And for me being a perfectionist, it's, it's sometimes like debilitating. It's just like, oh my gosh, like if I make a mistake, everybody sees it, you know? So Mm. it's a little bit, it's been a little bit difficult, but as far as increasing my personal brand, yes, I think it absolutely, if it didn't, then I probably shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. So I think it did. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of like, cause you have like amazing decor, like in your apartment. So like when you, do you thrift a lot of your pieces? I used to not so much anymore because I'm always out looking for things for clients and things like that. I, I get, I get to see a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So usually pieces that end up in my space have been things that I've seen along my way that I've fallen in love with buying things for other people you know before I used to thrift a lot but I don't have enough I don't have time anymore to do Mm. that to go and like uh, uh, sift through things Um, but when I was you know my my earlier days in design absolutely I'd thrift items I'd refinish them I'd change them and make them what I wanted them to Mm. be but not so much anymore Okay. Okay. So what advice would you give to an up and coming designer, someone that's, you know, fresh or new, maybe they, they didn't even go to school for it, but they just have that passion for it. What advice would you give them when first, first starting out? That's tough. You know what? I think, I think the advice, the only advice I could give for somebody just starting out, maybe they have some doubts about, you know, how to kind of step into an industry that they didn't study or anything like that. I think, Mm -hmm. It's to quiet everything else. You know, there's so many things to worry about. There's always going to be things to worry about. Even when with me now, I mean, after eight years, there's still things to worry about. And But I think if you focus on your craft and you focus on, you know, you, how you design and your, your look and, you know, your craft, you know, there's nothing else. You, not that there's nothing else you need to do, but I mean, I think that's the most important thing, mm. you know, because once you once you feel comfortable and if it's coming from a place where you're creating, people will the people the people that that design or that piece of work is right for will notice, mm. you know. So I don't know. I think I'm not really the type. Maybe I'm not the best at giving advice when it comes to business, because I for me, my business is very much something that is a passion project for me. It's very much something that is 
from my heart. So it's difficult for me to give advice when it's business related and there's time and deadlines and all these sort of that, that all these sort of things that are important for people to keep. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think once you are authentic to your craft and you perfect that, then other things kind of fall into place. When you take the time, when you're, when you're dividing your mind between what other people are thinking and how to do this and how to do that, you mess up your like creative chi, right? So I think just focusing on your design and then taking things one day at a time. Yeah. Mm, that's true. I like that advice. That's good advice. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> no, that's really good. <laughs> so are there things that you did differently when you first started? Because you've been doing this about eight, nine years, right? Mm -hmm. So are there things that you've that you've noticed have significantly changed from the beginning to year one to obviously year nine? Yes. I guess one of the, the main things is working with people in collaboration. You know, like when you're you start something off, especially something in the way that I started, where it's a passionate, a passionate thing that I'm doing and a personal thing, even though I'm designing other people's place, it's still pretty personal for me. Mm -hmm. um, it's for me anyways, it's easy to be protective you know, this is my canvas and I don't want anybody else's input and I want to be able to control everything. And, you know, mm -hmm. so for me, it's it, it, um, doing that for a lot of years, you know, you get worn out and there's no way you can really expand and run a business when you are when you are touching every single aspect. Sure, you might create something that's great, but I think in, when it comes to growth and being able to expand, you definitely need to know how to collaborate. You definitely need to know how to source people and figure out how you, who to trust and who to collaborate with. But I think one thing that has changed is my need for collaboration, my need for people to be a part of this thing that I'm, that I'm kind of putting together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of collaboration, mm -hmm. how how important is that for you? Like you, is that something that's like the main thing in your, that what you do, your like collaboration is extremely uh, important? No, I mean, I think collaboration is important in general because there's, there's so much benefit to collaboration. You know, you don't have to, I mean, for just, I mean, forget the sheer fact that when you collaborate, you're able to interact and feed off of other people's energy. And I think mm -hmm. that there's a, there's a value in that being able to, to feed off of other people's energy. And you get, you kind of create this idea that is bigger than what you would have thought because you're pulling things from all these different sources. Right. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, I think also from a business standpoint, you learn from other people. You don't mm -hmm. have to, you know, if you're doing everything by yourself, I mean, I'm not an, uh, an accountant. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, there's a, I don't know how to build a website. Well, I guess now it's a little bit easy to build a website, <laughs> but, um, there's people have spent time, uh, researching and make, and, and the same way that I take, um, design personally, and I've crafted my, my own, my own design way of doing things. People have done that with accounting and law or, technology, all these things that people, this is their niche. So let them do what they do best, you know, and let me focus on what I do best. And I find that collaboration is, is, is great because it allows me to do what I want to do, which is design, as opposed to doing all these other uh, aspects or business related things that are not so much my forte. Mm -hmm. So yeah, collaboration is, I think it allows you to go further because you're not focusing on all these other areas that still need to still need attention, but mm -hmm. not my attention in the in the the amount of detail because of the fact that I don't have that knowledge, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so I, I think yes, yeah, so I think collaboration is really important in that sense. 
No, I agree. I think collaboration is like key to even growth. Right. Because if you're only if you're only doing things for monetary reasons and right. just okay, I'm just doing it for the money, then it's kind of like okay. But then you're not allowing yourself to open yourself to other opportunities that because to me it's more than being an entrepreneur, being a creative is more than just the money. Right. Like that's a bonus to me. Right. Like the like to me the first thing should be you're doing something that you love and then you're meeting people along the way that have the same mindset, the same goals as you, and you can't buy that to right. me you can't buy that so yeah. i think that's collaboration is like key to success i've never really done i've never really done when it comes to my creative mind i don't really worry about money and I, maybe that's not a good thing and probably not i mean as an entrepreneur but i mean for me i've never worried about money because it's irrelevant when you're designing something the 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 end result is the design is the piece like it's like imagine an artist getting a blank canvas oh my gosh i'm gonna drop this thing no it's okay (laughs) getting a blank canvas and saying okay let me think of the first thing how much is this gonna cost (laughs) it makes no sense right you have to start from you have to um, free your mind from like all these things or if you if you have the canvas and you think how many people are gonna look at this thing it's irrelevant when you're when you start with a blank canvas it's the same thing when you start the thing that you need to you you kind of free all that stuff from your mind so that you can find inspiration and put something on that page. And then it's after that you think about, you know, I don't think anybody ever creates art from the standpoint of what people are going to think or, well, at least not successful art, right? Hope not. Maybe I'm going in the wrong direction, but it doesn't Teach work for own, me. Yeah. But <laughs> it doesn't work for me. Yeah. No, I think it's, yeah, it's important. It's mm-hmm. like key. So do you travel a lot? for like with your work not so much I mean I'm in the city and because I do small spaces it's generally it's generally in the city Mm. you know so no I haven't traveled a lot for work but traveled a lot personally sure yeah I have but not so much for work I generally keep it in the city so with even like personal traveling has that affected had a positive impact on things that you create like, absolutely like in terms of inspiration oh absolutely I mean a few years ago probably like three years now two or three years ago I went on a five-week uh, Europe trip and we went to um, it was me and my boyfriend at the time we went to Paris and Barcelona and Milan and Italy and oh, wow. a lot of the yeah and Croatia so going to all these different places there's one place in particular uh Barcelona with um we went to Sagrada Familia which is this temple that was an art designed by this architect Gaudi like everybody knows Gaudi mm-hmm. but oh my goodness it was so amazing you walk into this space and it feels like it felt like I was walking into like Avatar and this oh, is like wow. a 200 year old build uh building temple so you walk in and I'm just like how did this guy even come up with this 200 years ago it literally looks so futuristic it is gorgeous so to be able to walk into that and just the space literally you walk in and it completely takes over your body and your mind and you're completely you you forget about everything because you just walk in and it's just like the ceilings and the floors and the way that he's designed the windows like there's windows he has like uh, stained glass windows and every every pane is a different color so when the light shines through it looks like a rainbow is like a, like shining in through the hallway it's i mean like <laughs> the amount of detail that this man just thought about and it's really it's really interesting because he died years ago but his plan is there's still it's actually not even finished it's going to be finished in i think 2020 or 20 yeah 2023 or something like that his plan is that big. wow and they're still working on it trying to achieve what he 
wanted to achieve for the space. So yes, wow. was I inspired? <laughs> Absolutely. There's so much inspiration, even in the foods and the, the people. And the, yeah, I mean, I think that there's so much to draw from when you travel. It gives you a different perspective and you see the way that people do things differently and yeah, absolutely. It's so, I love hearing you talk about this because you <laughs> you look and sound so passionate. It's crazy. It's, no, but you know, it's awesome the way that when you, when somebody goes as far as to, 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 you know, pick the color of the light that is shining in so that when you walk into the space, you feel like you always see a rainbow. Like what else can you do? Yeah. But like appreciate that sort of thing, you know? Oh, that's so cool. So have you been able to pull from that or the different places you've traveled to like, Say you got a client and they want a, sp- a specific look, and you're like, "Wait, I just remembered from when I was traveling. This would probably look. This would look really, really cool." I think based I, on their personality, because like you said, you go based off their. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Usually, when I'm pulling from something, it's not so much conscious. Mm. Like when I'm talking, perhaps like through my travels, I've been able to see how certain things look, and that has that stayed with me. Mm. So when someone's talking about something, sure, it might trigger something in my mind, but it's not like I'm actively thinking, "Oh, I remember from that trip this, you know, molding. I have to use this molding." It's not like that. It's more mm. like speaking to somebody. I become inspired, and through that inspiration, I pull and I hear and I kind of. All my experiences mm. affect the way that I design. So it's not just traveling. It's all the experiences that I've had have be- allowed me to pull from somewhere that has allowed me to create these things, these spaces that I create for people. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So in the beginning, did you have a lot of stuff? Like, was it not really easy? I mean, like being an entrepreneur is never easy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but did you have um, a lot of support when starting out? Support from where? Any like, like family? family, friends, like in terms of like, you know, those times that like, can be very frustrating, like your moment, you're like, oh, I want to give up or, you know, you have everyone will have those moments. Did you have a lot of support to kind of back you up? Uh, I always have support from my family. Like my, my family is, I've learned more and more how important my family is to me and they always support me. So I had, I had support in life, I guess, from my family, mm-hmm. um, as far as support in terms of hey, do you want to quit an industry where you've worked your way up and you're, you know, you you are getting a, a great pay and you're traveling for work and leave that so that you can work at, uh, so that you can start this design career? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if many people would get much support about that. It's kind of a crazy thing to do, to leave all that. But did I get support in that sense? Not Support in the sense that, you know, my mom or my and my brothers and sisters were like, yeah, do what you got to do. But it's not like they didn't know what I was doing either. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that the support in that sense of like being able to actively support and no resources. No, not so much. But um, I but with friends, absolutely. Like I, I had a mentor that was I had a mentor that if I didn't have him. His name is Michael Carter. Great, amazing person. He actually does coaching and things like that. But if I didn't have him, I don't know where. Would I have done it? Absolutely. I still would have done it. It's like one of those things, like I said, you have to do it. But I, but he, his, his support was really able to frame my mind frame. Mm. You know, he really helped me to. That's just it. My mind, like my mind was what he helped me, what he supported because he was able to um, help me see that strength was from within, from myself, you know, just different things like that. I mean, um, so did I have support? Absolutely. I don't think you can really do a lot of, I mean, I, I couldn't have done it in the way that I did it mm-hmm. without the support that I, 
that I had. And it, the support came from different people, maybe unexpected places. And they probably didn't even know that they were supporting me, some mm. of them, or some of these things. Like, I mean, when I first left the pharmaceutical industry, I was working at a design firm, a really uh, top design firm, actually, in the city. But I wasn't doing design. I was doing administration. You know what I mean? So, I mean, working there, was it difficult? Absolutely. I left my well-paying job where I had a company car traveling the world to go work administration at a design firm. Like that's a tough decision. And the first thing that went was my ego first and foremost, you know what Mm. I mean? Like that was a difficult, that'd probably be the most difficult year of my life. But in that experience, and they absolutely did not know that they were supporting me. And it didn't feel like they were supporting me at the time because it felt like hell, like shit. I mean, oh, sorry. No, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. They did not know that they were supporting me. And at the time, it absolutely did not feel like they were supporting me. It felt like hell, to be honest with you. It was very difficult to work in that environment, in that setting. But after when I looked back at it, they absolutely supported me. I was able to be exposed to a type of design and an industry that I would have never had an eye, uh, uh, that perspective if I had never done that. You know, I was able to see it from, although yes, I was doing administration, but I was able to see it from the business standpoint and I was able to grow up in the, my direct report that, that I reported to was the most difficult person I've ever met in my life. And it was a very difficult interaction dealing with her, but in dealing with her, I was able to learn how to be assertive and to stand on my own two feet and to say, hey, this is me. You know, in, when, I had, when I had been in the pharmaceutical industry, you know, you work your way up and people, now you walk into a room, people know who you are. You've earned that kind of respect. But mm-hmm. me stepping out of that and stepping into an industry where nobody gave a, a damn about who I was, they didn't know who I was. I was doing administration at it. They didn't know, you know, they didn't even know that I was capable or into design at all because that wasn't my role there you know Mm. so you walk into this place where nobody knows or cares who you are and you're kind of like a fly on a wall so that being being that fly on a wall did it hurt my ego and it hurt that perspective you know walking into a room and nobody even noticing you now um, that was difficult but being able to be that fly to the industry from that perspective seeing the business side getting access and through osmosis, seeing how design could be created on a different level. They also did retail and commercial spaces. So it was on a big scale. So I think that also was, I was able to see like, wow, this is, I can do things on this big scale. Mm. And from the standpoint of design, like not doing small things, but going big and using big things to create an impact. So yeah, they didn't know that they were supporting me. So every experience that I've had has been in some way, some support or has taught me something. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That's a great answer. <laughs> no, I'm glad you kind of, you transitioned into even mentor because that was a part of my next question. <laughs> so funny. So obviously you've already said that your mentor was an amazing part of your experience, your mm-hmm. journey. Was he someone that was in your field as well or was he outside your field? He was outside my field. You know, the thing with mentors, uh, and I, I got to say in everything that I've done in my life, I've generally I generally like I generally have a mentor when I when I'm in an industry maybe part of it is because I don't like making mistakes and I'm a perfectionist so it's better to go to somebody who you trust that has done it before and to say hey how do I do this you know Mm -hmm. advise me so I've always had mentors and I absolutely think that mentors are the most amazing thing I've always had them I recommend them but the one thing with mentors also 
Um, sorry, I think I'm probably going off topic with the mentor thing. But oh, the no. one thing about mentors also is that I found the year that I launched my company, the my um, the brand, The Apartment, which is a shoppable apartment, mm-hmm. I actually cut off all my mentors. And the reason was this. Mentors are amazing and mentors are great, but there's also something to be said about intuition. Mm. You know, and sometimes you have a mentor and the... Your mentor doesn't see the vastness of what you see. When God gives you something, he gave it to you. He didn't give it to your mentor. So sometimes we use our mentors as a crutch, almost as though we need approval from them. But you don't need approval from anybody. When something's been gifted to you and you've been given something, it's for you to execute. Not to Sure, you can ask people for advice in, if you need advice on how to execute. But sometimes your dream are bigger than your mentor itself. So for me, I needed to separate from all my mentors in order to create what I needed to create because I didn't want anybody's, I didn't want it to be tainted. I needed it to, for, at that point, it was action. I was given something and I needed to, to execute. And it was just execution from that point. It, I didn't need advice about, is this the right thing to do? Because it didn't matter at that point. It was an idea that just needed to be executed. And in that year, I followed only intuition. You know, you so many times we we kind of, step into life and we look for approval from people and we get this feeling of intuition and then we squash it. You know, we say, oh, no, 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 that's too this or that's too that or somebody's going to say this or somebody's going to look that. And in squashing that thing, you really, I don't know. But the thing is this, I, I just needed to, I just needed to live that year purely based on intuition. If something came up, I, I just did it. And I, I think what it was for me is if I have spent so many years of my life squashing that voice and asking other people's opinion, yeah. and I was able to get to this point, let me try for one year to only listen to this voice. I mean, I feel like why, why would God give us this voice if it wasn't useful? Mm. You know, so yeah. if I only listened to this voice, what could I create? And it was freaking magical. I was going to say the F word and that's what it <laughs> needed. But it was amazing. That year was the most magical year of my life. The growth and the I can go on and talk about that entire year. It was amazing. So for me, yes, mentors are great and they help with certain things. But I think even more so is learning how to listen to yourself letting yourself be your mentor, like that intuition, intuition is the most amazing thing. And I think so many people are so concerned with what other people are thinking and Instagram and social media, this, and thinking about all these different things, mm-hmm. the bottom line that they, for, they, they are, everything is so loud that they can't even hear their intuition. And that being able to tap into your intuition is frigging golden. Like it's just, it just brings things onto a different level. That's just my opinion. No, I mean, and on that note, <laughs> wow, that is, I, I feel so inspired right now. That's, that is, I've never heard that broken down like that before. Like, actually, Thank that's you. really, really cool. I could legit talk to you all day. <laughs> no, I, I love, I love that. That's Thanks. amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Anyways, I can ramble. So. <laughs> no, it's really good. That, I think, even what you said about being your own mentor, I, that's crazy. Like I've never even thought of that. 
So even to don't have get that, me wrong, mentors are great. You no, know, of some, course. Yeah. You, there's, there's you. I think you learn from every situation. And I, and if I didn't have mentors, then I wouldn't be where I was. But yeah. to be honest, there's a lot of things that you need to learn how to draw from within. Yes. And I think that that's that's I guess the whole point of the intuition is learning how to draw from within. Just having faith. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Think, oh, wow. <laughs> I have some um, homework to do when I get home. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so what does being an entrepreneur mean to you? Like, what's your definition of an entrepreneur? Oh, jeez. I don't know. <laughs> that word is so loaded. It I is, actually don't like is. the word entrepreneur, to be really? honest. I don't like that word. I've heard that. I don't like the like word the entrepreneur. Person. There's so much pressure. There like, is. oh my gosh, I'm an entrepreneur. So like what? Like, you know, when you use that word entrepreneur, that automatically, it's automatically for me anyways, maybe it, it's more telling of me than anything else. But automatically, when you use that word entrepreneur, it's almost the scale of success and failure. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, are you successful? Or, you know, it's, it, it automatically has this weight of judgment, which is why I don't like it, at least for me. That's why I just like artists, because with artists, you're an artist, you know, there's no pressure there. So what does entrepreneurship mean to me? Or what does an artist mean to you? Oh, an artist. That's completely <laughs> different. I mean, that's so inspiring. Like, you know, like artists, there's so many different ways you can look at that. For me, I guess being an entrepreneur that is in the creative field, what that means to me is that it allows me to be able to create every single day, you know? Well, not every day. Sometimes I have to do boring administrative stuff, but <laughs> it allows me to to get my livelihood or uh, through imagining, mm. leaving a, a frame empty so that I can continuously imagine and create things and getting and allowing people to appreciate that creativity. So I guess being an entrepreneur in a creative standpoint as an artist, that's, I guess, what it means to me, being able to create always. Yeah, I like that. The world is my canvas, I guess. It is. It kind of sounds cliche, but... <laughs> no, it's... A, you know what? I... This is why I love meeting with, like, different people, because you have... You, I get to learn so many different perspectives, mm-hmm. and I think it's... I'm learning it's how you even word and phrase things. So you just, like, totally turned the question into your own, and it actually made more sense. Oh, did it? So, no, I like... Because you even said, like, what does being an entrepreneur in the creative field mean to me? So I actually like... I like that. So I'm going to start using that from now on. Okay, Because, like, awesome. I mean, I interview creative <laughs> entrepreneurs it only makes sense Mm -hmm. so i mean like even like doing this like you literally like you learn every day you're always learning from people so i think even have even if this wasn't a podcast just us talking like having a discussion Mm -hmm. i feel like that again it goes back to collaboration that's why it's so important to meet like like like-minded people where you can learn from them so Mm -hmm. thank you thanks jordian yeah (laughs) (laughs) so oh my goodness this has been so much fun i legit could talk to you like this was awesome (laughs) i like these podcast things Much more relaxed and you can speak from the heart. Yeah, I, I think no, it's, it's great. Fun. Thank you. I have like two more questions for you. Okay. And then I'm going to like leave you to like relax in your amazing space. Thank you. Okay, great. Go ahead. So my other question for you is how did you discover your personal design style? Or are you still in the process of kind of figuring that out or kind of going with the flow? I don't have a personal. Uh, ah, that's a tough question. I don't. I hate to say that I have a design style because it almost puts me in a in a in a box or a lane that i mm. need to adhere to and i don't like that my style is dependent on what i'm creating i guess if i'm creating for myself i have a very refined masculine sense of yeah i'm i'm more i like masculine modern um okay there is a thread that is continuous in all the things that I, in all the spaces that I create. 
And it's not a style. It's more pieces that mean something. Like, for example, I have this hunk of cement on my coffee table. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that even in itself is like this conversation conversation piece. Like, why do you have this piece of cement on your, but that has a story. Exactly. So I think all these, the, the things that I introduce into spaces tend to have stories. When I'm allotted the time to create spaces for people and I'm able to kind of go through their things, the pieces that I bring in, in themselves have stories. So I think that would be the common thread as far as uh, creating spaces that tell stories. Mm. Um, but as far as a style, like, was it modern, uh, you know, minimalist? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I'm designing for myself, it's generally, I like the minimalist, modern sort of style, you know, with in, a few interesting pieces kind of placed in. Mm-hmm. But there's some people that are maximalist and they like their space feeling full and they like certain things. So I don't, I don't push my style on people. Mm-hmm. I, 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 allow people to push on me who they are and then that allows me to create a space you understand what i'm saying so i don't necessarily have a particular design style generally i do lean towards modern refined um spaces with few interesting pieces that have styles if that has a story Mm -hmm. um if if you want to kind of put my style in a box but yeah i I let people dictate what the space will be because i design for people yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So can you give me three words that describe Nikki O'Neill? Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> job, just like a job interview. <laughs> Strengths and weaknesses. I don't know. Um, I'm going to. S- First thing that pops in your head. Okay. I'm going to say I am a fire starter. Agreed. Yeah, I'm a fire starter. Absolutely. I don't have to go into detail about these no, words, do you? Okay, so word, fire yeah. starter. <laughs> to people that know me, raw and unedited. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and unconventional. Those are perfect for you. Yeah. I, think I actually that's... want you to go into detail. No, I'm joking. How about the raw and unedited? I'm curious. But oh, no, I, no. I, I, if you want, I mean, if you know me, like anybody who knows me knows that I, you know, I generally say things that I, that people, you know, everybody's thinking it and nobody says it. I'm usually you the one that say it. And, yeah. I, and then, yeah. So, I mean, the thing is this, most of the pe- people that are around me, I generally have like a tight close-knit group of people that are, that are around me mm-hmm. so if you are that close to me you know that my intentions are never to hurt yeah so if i say something that's inappropriate then you know you just kind of there's always there's generally truth to it or at least my truth to it so if i ever say anything it's usually just truth <laughs> that's <laughs> or <honest>. my obs- <laughs> or my observation of it and people i mean i think people appreciate the truth i might maybe i don't say it in a way that is as glazed over but i like being able to i i actually i actually prefer that when people are speaking to me even when i'm learning something new i prefer i prefer people to be blunt with me i I don't really do well with the the flowery pussyfooting around things i Mm -hmm. i really don't respond well to that (laughs) (laughs) no i seriously i really don't respond well to that i would much rather somebody say hey this a b and c are good Mm -hmm. and d is shit like, I'd rather somebody say, that is absolutely horrible, yeah. get on board. And I'll be like, okay, let's go. You know yeah. what I mean? But if somebody's like, well, that is so, you pet and they pet you, I'm just like, don't do that. Like, so I don't treat people that way. I'm very honest. I'm blunt. And 
if I hurt someone's feelings, they usually tell me, I hope maybe that's maybe if I've lost friends, then I'm just saying sorry now. You know, I don't know. But um, yeah, so unedited, unconventional and fire starter, fire starter. Yeah, that's Nikki. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Honestly, thank you so much. This was fun. This was really, really fun. It was, yeah. <laughs> Last question that okay. I have is just like a fun little silly question I ask everybody before mm-hmm. um, I end the podcast. What is the one thing you cannot leave the house without, minus your cell phone? Well, this mine is going to be boring, like my keys, because I got to get back inside. But <laughs> I mean, the one thing that I can't live, like, yeah, my keys. I mean, unless I leave my door open. You know what? Usually when I leave the house, I always, there's always in my head, I always say three things. And if oh. like, I always exiting the door, I'm like, one, two, three. I always count one, two, three. And one is my keys. One is my phone. And one is money. My credit go. card, and that's it. But I mean, that's kind of boring. Like, I'd like to say, like, oh, a picture of my mom or something <laughs> like nice like that. But oh. no, it's like three things: like my keys, my cell phone, and my credit card. No, that's okay. It's honest. That's it. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not looking for a spectacular answer. Just, okay, good. Yeah. That's just it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you so much. And pants. And pants. Of course, pants. you need to be dressed. Yes, I'm dressed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, where can we find you on social media? My website is www.800squarefeet.com. Oh, on social, I am either at Nikki O'Neill, and it's Nikki N I K E, like Nike, but it's pronounced Nikki N I K E O'Neill, or eight, at 800 Square Feet, Instagram, Twitter, sometimes Facebook. Sometimes Sometimes it gets low. Not all the time. (laughs) And of course, I'll provide it um, at the bottom of the blog like I always do. So thank you guys for listening again. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Nikki, for coming. Thank you. Hugs. I really appreciate it. This is fun. Thank Thank you. you. Bye, guys. Until next time. Bye.